0: The Eason Book Club on The Pat Kenny Show, sharing book recommendations with book lovers every month.
1: For this month's Eason Book Club, we chose Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. So what did our panel think of the book? Well, with me now, Claudia Carroll and Caroline Foran. You're both very welcome to the programme. Good morning. Thank you. All right. uh, First of all, who wants to tell our listeners who is Ronan Farrow?
2: Off you go,
0: Claudia. Well, uh, Ronan Farrow is the son of Mia Farrow and uh, Woody Allen. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> yeah. Um, but and for me, this was one of the most gripping books I have read all year. I think it's the first time in our whole panel, we've read some wonderful books this year, that I would give five stars to a book. It's All the President's Men for the Entertainment Industry – it's about how he set about to to invest through thorough, exhaustive, invest, good old fashioned investigative reporting to invest, to look into the Harvey Weinstein um, scandal, allegations, all of that. And we know what happens in the end. You, you pick up the book and you think, well, we know what happened, Weinstein. We know about the Me Too movement. We know his trial is pending in New York. But it's just about it, the story starts in like 2017 when Rose McGowan had yet to, to, to come forward and break in NDA and speak publicly about what had happened, and when this tsunami of allegations came in, and it's just an astonishingly gripping read. Mm. And the power of Harvey Weinstein, he at one point hired um, a group called an Israeli Secret Service group by the name of Black Cube to basically... Th- uh, follow, intimidate and threaten Ronan Farrow. So his own safety was compromised. Um, uh,
1: the story is about Harvey Weinstein and other powerful people in the media the entertainment world yeah. uh, the worlds of television and film. But this book is also about Ronan isn't it?
2: Yeah it's definitely very much told from his perspective um, but for me what this book is really about like we all know the Weinstein allegations, we know about Matt Lauer, we know all the different stories but as the title Catch and Kill suggests it's that's an old fashioned for um, publications who would have bought stories in order to bury them when they didn't want certain stories getting out to the public and that's what this book is about it's about the web of influence that Harvey Weinstein and these other really powerful men have and Ronan Farrow's dogged pursuit of the truth but all of the blocks he kept coming up against from in NBC where he was working as an investigative journalist where he
1: thought you know there was a fair wind behind him exactly. that they were encouraging him and then yeah. inexplicably and roadblocks s- put in his way
2: and it was it was so like a thriller it was such a fast paced thriller in that every person that you think comes along as a support you, th- you then start to start to think is this someone that we can actually trust here you know and it's just the, the like I say the web the sphere of influence is just astonishing even as far as uh, I was really shocked to learn about um Hillary Clinton who Ronan Farrow was supposed to interview for another book he was working on and he had uh, Claudia said he'd worked for Hillary Clinton before and they had a good relationship and as soon as her people got wind He was in
1: the State Department when she was Secretary of State
2: And as soon as her people got wind of his um, investigation into Weinstein she wouldn't go near him
1: And why? Because Weinstein was a a big donor donor to the Democratic Party So it
2: was just this uh, never-ending web of, of Horrible, like it was. It was just devastating, you know. It's just, and and also to what he put himself through. Like Claudia said, like his his life was was threatened. His sense of security. He started to feel like he was losing it. His his um contract was running out with NBC, and then he knew he'd found out it wasn't going to be renewed. He's had to make an, a lot of enemies in his pursuit of the truth. And it's just for me, it's just it's so um, admirable the level of
0: journalism and his integrity. Okay, it's, it's given- Woodward and Weinstein. In uh, sorry, Woodward and um, Bernstein. Bernstein in 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 one person. Um, but also, what astonished me was how difficult he found it back in 2017 to get any of Weinstein's victims to go on the record. they were terrified because these, they had yeah. so much to lose. And we, you know, we're inclined to forget now how, in the 1990s and the decade after, Weinstein basically controlled. The, the, well, he, the he was industry. the hit maker. I he mean, was Miramax was a very yeah. powerful uh, company right. that why, seemed, why to why turned t- turned. Yeah, seemed to have a yeah, but seemed to have the golden touch. Oscars out, and how difficult he found it to get any of the victims to to, to go on record. Um, for instance, there was one actor. He said he was sent to interview a young Italian actress, and he said the reason was because he quote spoke fluent actress because yeah. of his family background, and she was um, she had worked as a model. And she was an actor but all of a sudden the dirt started appearing about her when, it got, when Weinstein got wind of the fact that she was in discussions with Ronan Farrow stories, negative stories started appearing in publications like the National Enquirer mm. that, oh well, she's done a sex scene, for instance. So she was, her own reputation was denigrated, it was eroded, it was getting at her all over mm. again.
1: And the National Enquirer is at the heart of this as well, yeah. you know, and the the treasure trove of stuff they had yeah. and it had to be shredded.
2: They're <laughs> very much positioned as a villain on equal parts with Weinstein or any of the other powerful men who were involved in the allegations um, because like it's almost like you're if you're a participant of the crime because you're, you're not going to help mm-hmm. shed light on it, um, and the the editor of the National Choir comes across as a very very nasty villain. I think in this as well, terrifying, yeah. 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 And, also and of course, it was the, like. the
1: Trump stories that were caught and killed. Yes, there were a number of those, some of which you know filtered out, but lots presumably did not. Oh, absolutely! Not.
2: It makes you think about all the stories that haven't gotten out there because of if 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 it's so hard for someone like Ronan Farrow, who's got all this um, resources and support, what other stories are, are there that we don't know about? Um, so he kind of he he comes to the conclusion, or he takes it up to the present moment of the Weinstein story, and then he goes on to talk about Trump and other people who actually work in NBC who have also had allegations made against them, and then you suddenly realise what well, it's not just Weinstein; it's this whole all all in it together, and it's actually no
1: Young Harper. women in the industry were fair, fair game. Yeah, that's how oh, it just, appeared for, yeah, for it, all the men.
0: And the one good thing to come out of it now is that we we now have a generation of young actors and performers who are who who now have the vocabulary to say, actually, I'm not comfortable taking a meeting with you in your bathrobe in your hotel room, um, I, and that's a that's a really mm. good thing to come out of all this.
1: How did he get it? published in the end i mean who which outlet had the courage to actually give him space he went to
0: the new yorker
2: and um, i think he was told several times look the nbc people kept telling him his boss now Oppenheim kept saying look it's not enough here or is this going to be for our audience and he was like what like there's so much evidence here this is just a story ready to blow up and uh, for all those reasons that we eventually find out he 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 had to go elsewhere and he went to the the new yorker um where they were just as um willing to to whatever happened to get the truth out there and and then of course he won um, the Pulitzer Prize which he shared with two other female authors who did who also brought out a story before him in the New York Times and they also released a book just before Ronan Fire that's apparently very similar to this one um I can't remember the name of it, but the, she she said she I think, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. But the New Yorker, fair play to them for you know.
1: Okay, on the line uh, we have a, a book club member. Uh, this is the BWT Club, Books, Wine and Therapy Club in <laughs> uh, Dublin. Uh, Emma Moroni. Good morning, Emma.
3: Hi. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, panel. Morning, mm-hmm. morning, Emma.
1: Do any of the panel or are they are you acquainted with any of them?
3: Uh, I actually Claudia, you, you, you won't remember this, but. When I was twelve, you were my you were my class rep in one G.
1: Are you kid.
0: Oh my god! No, there I hope you go. I was nice to you. <laughs> you were lovely, and you had very curly hair. Yes, I did. Yes, very straight. It was that? the eighties. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say. The era. Of it was a coming. long time well, ago. Well, let's
1: yeah. see, Emma, if you share a taste in books with uh, Claudia, what did you make of uh, Catch and Kill?
3: we were horrified by it i think would be the best expression loved it it is gripping but it's not an easy read it isn't a casual read um you do need to concentrate but as it you know developed we actually found it horrifying the the abuse of the power and the um that this pleak, which is extensive like from coast to coast in the states goes from hollywood all the way back to new york Um, all the political entities involved. It's it's quite shocking. And we actually, we felt that if you were watching this on Netflix, like House of Cards, you'd just think it was made up, Mm. that it wasn't real.
0: I agree. That's a really good point. Yeah. You you would almost say, if this were presented as a work of fiction, you'd think that couldn't have happened. It's too far-fetched. But it's yet again, reality trumping real life.
1: Mm. Now, now he himself, Ronan Farrow, he addresses his, uh, the argument over his parentage, uh, very early on in the book because everyone is saying they take one look at him and say Woody Allen's not your dad it's Frank Sinatra with whom your mother Mia Farrow had a relationship and he actually adverts to that
3: I liked we actually liked the way he just he got that out of the way quite quickly It's page two of the book I think he said this is mm. who I am these are my connections and he just moved on and it was um, I'm not a Hollywood brat I'm it was just I grew up in this but I'm removed from it and I'm a professional and I know what I'm doing and I re- we really liked that mm. um, he brought in his personal story in terms of what happened to his sister and the allegations made around that um, his own, I liked the fact that he his own immediate reaction to um, his sister was not immediate I'm sorry over time it was like okay just get on with it now um, and and he came to realise, he said, oh my God, this is what everyone's doing. Stop complaining, stop whining, just get on with it. And you can see through the story that as, you know, his research reveals more and more, he he comes back to how he has behaved towards his sister or how his attitude uh, to his sister's story um, and he's, you know, the the hurt that he would have caused her. um, So on a grander scale, with all of these women coming forward and um, the powers that be kind of saying, oh, shut up, stay in the background, um, stop whining, get on with it. He realised that this is how, how he also had, to a personal degree, that to his sister. Um, and I, I thought that was quite honest and very revealing um, for him to come so, forward with that.
1: So Emma, you'd recommend the book? Definitely. Definitely. Definitely, not a casual um, read, as you put it, not a casual, not a casual read, read, but a gripping read and uh, nonetheless. all
0: right, oh, Emma, we, st- we still don't know what happens. It's a story without an ending. Yes, like, I mean, he's facing yet, trial. Uh, 2020, he'll face trial. It looks like in Manhattan. Yeah. So All right. Uh,
1: Emma Maroney of the BWT Club, Books, Wine and Therapy Club. Uh, thank you very much. Now, I presume you guys would recommend it. Uh, it's uh, it's one for everybody, really, isn't it? For men I think and women. it's
2: essential reading for, for everyone. Um, um, But I do think what we, we said before we, we went on air, that it's there's an awful lot of people involved, an awful lot of names. It's very fast moving. So it's not the kind of thing you can read a page and then fall asleep and then pick it up again. You kind of have to give it a little bit of focus and attention. Um, and I actually read it I, at first. It's such a massive book but you, you devour it because it's just it's such a page turner so for me book of the year well so far enough, we've got one more to go um, and five out of five
0: It's all the president's men for the entertainment industry and oh, right. I agree, five out
1: of five. All right, well, thank you uh, both. But it's time to see what Eason recommends for our December Book Club. It's a d- little different to every other month because we uh, choose it from the Eason Novel of the Year 2019 shortlist at the Unpost Irish Book Awards. Uh, Caroline, you've got the weekend to make up your mind, but this is the selection. The River Capture by Mary Costello. Luke O'Brien has left Dublin to live a quiet life on the bend of the River Sulan. Alone in his big house, he longs for a return to his family's heyday and turns to books for solace until one morning a young woman arrives at his door and enters his life with profound consequences. The next one is The Narrow Land by Christian Dwyer Hickey, 1950, late summer season on Cape Cod. Michael, a ten year old boy is spending the summer with Richie and his glamorous but troubled mother, left to their own devices devices, the boys meet a couple living nearby, the artists Joe and Edward Hopper, and an unlikely friendship is forged. The next one, This is Happiness, by Niall Williams. Change is coming to Faha, a small Irish parish unaltered in a thousand years. Seventeen-year-old Noel Crowe is idling in the unexpected sunshine when Christie makes his first entrance into Faha, bringing secrets he needs to atone for. Though he can't explain it, Noel knows right then something has changed. Shadow Play by Joseph O'Connor a magnificent new novel from the best-selling author about Bram Stoker's intense relationships with the actors Henry Irving and Ellen Terry while working on Dracula and we spoke to Joe on the programme yesterday Girl by Edna O'Brien captured, abducted and married into Boko Haram. The narrator of this story witnesses and suffers the horrors of a community of men governed by a brutal code of violence. Barely more than a girl herself, she must soon learn how to survive as a woman with a child of her own. And finally, Night Boat to Tangier by Kevin Barry. Late one night at the Spanish port of Algeciras, two fading Irish gangsters are waiting on the boat from Tangier. A lover has been lost, a daughter has gone missing, their world has come a can It But Be Put Together Again. Whoa,
0: big choice. <laughs> big choice. Well, we've done the last one. So
2: yeah. we'll do, I don't know. Well, I have a time to pick, don't I? You
1: have time to pick. <laughs> You've got the weekend to pick. So uh, thank you very much uh, to our uh, panel this week, uh, to Claudia and Caroline. Thanks thank a million. You.